This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. We are now into a new series, and this series is on the book of James, that we are to put into practice what we believe. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, is definitely getting right at the heart of the matter in this first section. James 1, we're going to look at the first eight verses. And I've entitled this sermon, Nobody Knows the Troubles I've Seen. That's a spiritual that seems to um, speak of the fact that um, we're alone in our suffering. It's uncommon the uniqueness of the suffering we're going through. But the point really is that we all suffer in common. And um, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation, and by the way, the Greek word for temptation is the same Greek word that can be translated trial. So when you see temptation, it's also trial. No temptation or trial has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So before we sing, uh, play this world's smallest violin, oh, woe is me, I'm the only one who's ever suffered this way, I'm the only one who's ever been tempted this way, think again. What you are going through is common to mankind. Others go through it as well. But here's the promise in 1 Corinthians 10.13, no matter what you're going through, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or tried beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted or tried, he will also provide a way out or a way through so that you can endure it. This is a powerful truth for all of us that temptations and trials are part of what happens to us in life. However, how we respond is what's critical. And our response is based on our knowledge and trust in the Lord, his faithfulness, and his provision of an exit sign or the strength we need to get out of it or go through it. So now the outline for this message is facts about trials, troubles, and tribulations. There are four facts in this passage that I want to point out, and I'd like to say it, and then say it again from the Scriptures, and then say it again in the application at the end. So here it is. The four facts about trials, troubles, and tribulations. Number one, troubles may scatter people. Number two, troubles are welcome, purposed, varied, testing, and endurance building. Number three, 
Troubles require wisdom received through believing prayer. And number four, troubles reveal your true heart. Let's look at this together from the Word of God. We see in James chapter 1, troubles may scatter people. James 1.1. James, the half-brother of Jesus, did not claim his position, but he simply said, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. A doulos of the kurios, Jesus Christ. A servant, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw Jesus resurrected. Jesus appeared to him, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 7, in a special way. And here's the one who rejected Jesus and uh, stood against him, and now he sees him resurrected and believes. This is the strongest apologetic for the resurrection of Christ, the transformation of James. Now he writes to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations and says greetings to them. Why are the 12 tribes scattered? He's referring to all those who have trusted Jesus Christ who are of Jewish faith, the 12 tribes of Israel. These are complete, completed Jews. These are Messianic Jews. These are those who have realized that Jesus is the Messiah and having trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as Messiah, they are now being persecuted. And because of persecution, they're being scattered to the ends of the earth. And being scattered um, is part of troubles. When we go through troubles, the purpose of troubles, as the devil wants to make it, is to divide and conquer. He wants to scatter people. He wants to divide people because of troubles. However, God uses it for good. God uses it for good in this regard, that when they are scattered to the ends of the earth, they're taking the gospel with them and sharing Christ wherever they are. It says in the book of Acts, chapter 17, that God has already chosen where we are to go that our hearts might seek after him. You know, when you have a comfortable life and everything's good, you can tend to be in a rut. But when your life is shaken up, then you start thinking, where is God? And I need God. In case of emergency, pray to God. And so troubles may cause us to be scattered. And in being scattered or separated from one another, we may need to rely on God all the most. I love this. When I came to the end of my rope, then I found God. When we stop relying on ourselves, and we realize that our clever personality and our limited resources are not going to pull us through, we finally are down and out and we look up and we find the Lord. So wherever you are, no matter what troubles you're going through, look to the Lord. Secondly, we see that troubles are welcome, purpose, varied, testing and endurance building. And this is from just two verses, James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. 
James writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. We are to welcome trials in our lives. Now, some people think you're supposed to put on a happy face. You're supposed to say, praise the Lord, when bad things happen to you. This is not talking about faking your emotions and pretending that you're overjoyed that you lost your job or that you're thrilled that you got a cancer diagnosis. That doesn't make any sense. James is not saying to pretend like you're happy. What he's saying is have a positive outlook. Have a positive attitude. You see, your attitude determines your altitude. Let me say that again. Your attitude determines your altitude. You have a bad attitude and you're going to be crash burning. You have a good attitude and you're going to be lifting and soaring. You're going to be mounting up with wings like eagles. So your attitude matters. And God wants you to have an attitude of gratitude because you know that this trial or temptation, Greek word could be taken either way and both ways, is, has a purpose. And that purpose is to produce perseverance as well as to test your faith to show that your faith is pure gold. Now let's look at Romans 5, 3 to 4. It says, not only so, we also glory in our sufferings. Another way to say, consider it pure joy when you suffer, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So every trial has attached to it some bennies, some benefits. Every trial has attached to it benefits. So when you think, there's a trial in my life, God is going to bring some benefits I can't receive any other way, you turn to the Lord, and instead of saying, why me? Why this? Why now? Say to the Lord, okay, Lord, what do you want to teach me? Okay, Lord, in what area of my life do you want to grow me? Oh, Lord, what do you want to show me of yourself in growing to know you? Trials will bring benefits, and these benefits are wonderful. Perseverance. Have you ever been sick, let's say with COVID, and after that lousy time, you're finally recovering and you're regaining your strength, but you have no stamina. Now there's a difference. Strength is I'm able to get up and eat and do some things, but I don't last very long. I plop down in bed and take another nap, or I just sit on the sofa and vegetate because I'm wiped out. When you go through a trial, relying on the Lord, he gives you both strength and stamina. He gives you the ability to rise up and make it through the trial and have the stamina to keep on keeping on. Perseverance. And that's what develops character. They did a, the famous marshmallow test with children. 
they said, we're going to put this marshmallow in front of you, and if you don't eat it in the, the couple of minutes that we're going to be out of the room, you'll get another marshmallow. And the whole point was to see about their self-control. Well, as soon as the person left, they just popped the mouth marshmallow in their mouths. Many of them did, but some of them did not. And the ones that did not grew up to be people who, using their self-control, were quite successful. So you need self-control. You need perseverance in order to have character. And when you have character, you have hope. You have an attitude of expectation in the Lord that will not be let down. The Lord is your portion in the land of the living. The Lord is the one who keeps you going. And because of that, you have true grit. True grit, the ability to keep on keeping on despite hardships and troubles is something that's developed. They're like perseverance muscles that are grown in the gym of adversity. Someone likes to talk about this as ABCs. Adversity builds character. Or another way to say it is adversity builds Christ-likeness. So as you approach trials and you listen to the Lord as to how to approach them, you grow in character and in Christ-likeness. You have strength and stamina and you have character and you have hope. The other parallel is 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Your faith is being tested by that trial. And as you cling to the Lord and hang on to him for dear life, when you get to heaven, that is going to be glorifying God for all eternity, that you trusted him during that trial. Your faith is being purified. Job went through horrible suffering. But in the suffering he went through, his faith was like gold, where it was heated up and the dross was removed and the gold was refined and pure. And that faith is what brings glory to God. Notice that this verse refers to all kinds of trials, just like James chapter 1 does. James 1 says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, the word for uh, many kinds is multicolored. You know, in the fall, we have multicolored leaves. You have yellow leaves, you have orange leaves, you have uh, brown leaves, and all these different colors are radiant, red leaves. Now, trials are like that. Trials come in different shapes and sizes and different colors. And we, just when you think you've mastered one trial, you get a different kind of trial. Keeps you on your toes. And notice that James did not say, if you face a trial. He said, when you face a trial. So trials are to be expected 
But instead of rejecting them, they, we are to accept them. We are to welcome them. We are to see that attached to them are the benefits of growing in maturity, of growing in strength and stamina, and growing in a, a tested, purified faith that glorifies the Lord, and growing in hope. All this comes from trials. And one more verse I'll share with you is not written down. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So the Lord is saying that we are to not lose heart, um, even though our physical bodies are wearing out and wasting away, our inner self, our true being, is being renewed day by day. You are becoming more and more beautiful and glorious and precious to the Lord all the time. The real you, even though the outside of you that you may see in a mirror, doesn't look like the young you that you used to be. But whatever troubles you're going through are just a drop in the bucket compared to all eternity. I was at Neighborhood Church, and Andrew Burchett, the pastor there, was speaking, and he had the longest rope, and he was holding one end of the rope, and the rope went on and on to the end of the stage. He says, this rope represents your life, and this little bit right here is your life on earth, and the rest is eternity. So what you're going through seems like it's taking forever and occupying all of your existence, but in perspective, it's a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. What God has in store for you in terms of joy and reward and fulfillment is not to be compared to the temporary, momentary suffering you go through now. Now, it's hard to think about that when uh, the hours pass by and you're struggling and suffering. To tell you the truth, our natural reaction when we go through suffering is to have a pity party, for one. Woe is me, the Eeyore, the donkey kind of attitude. Oftentimes, our natural response to trials is to give up, just to pull the covers over our head and say, I'm just going to stay in bed. Unfortunately, our reaction to trials are to self-medicate, to gorge ourselves with food or alcohol or drugs or any other thing to try to compensate and take our mind off of our pain. And certainly complaining is what we love to do when we suffer. We want to make sure everybody knows what we're going through and how horrible it is. But we have examples within our own church of people who are going through trials who are sweet and they have an attitude of faith and they are persevering. Amy Lockerbie is one of those people. John McDonald is another one of those people. They both have stage four cancer, but you wouldn't know it by the way 
they are looking at the trials with a positive outlook, with faith in God. That's the example. That's what James is trying to get at. You call yourself a Christian, and yet when you suffer, you react in a way that's self-destructive or not helpful. How about trusting in God? Now with that, James goes on to say that troubles require wisdom received through believing prayer. James chapter 1, verses 5 to 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine a, um, a stone, a whetstone, that is used for sharpening knives. And by pressing a pedal, that stone goes round and round and round. And it's rough. But when you put the knife to it, at the correct angle, it will sharpen the knife. But if you put the knife at it at the wrong angle, it will dull the knife. So when you're going through a trial, you're asking God for wisdom as to what angle by which to go through this trial. Because if you ask God for wisdom, when you go through the trial, you'll become better, not bitter. You'll be sharpened up rather than dulled down. Trials will push you to the bosom of God rather than separate you from God. When you're going through a trial, you are so tempted to say, why God? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you treating me this way? I don't know, I can trust you because this is more than I can handle. This is more than I can bear. And then a gap occurs between you and God. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to convince you that God is not good. He wants to convince you that God has let you down. He wants to convince you that you need him more than you need God. And we need to hang on to the Lord and know he is good all the time, and all the time he is good. God is good. God is faithful. And don't let anyone or anything that you're experiencing shake that faith. Do you have a disease? Are you going through a time of illness? Have you received a negative diagnosis? Have you had an accident? Do you have an injury? Are you experiencing mental strain, physical pain, spiritual angst, emotional turmoil, relational breakdown? All of these are in the category of the multicolored trials we all go through. But the good news is we don't go through these alone. If the Lord be with us, which he is, no one can stand against us. Romans chapter 8. So we're trusting in the Lord, and he makes the difference. But when we ask for wisdom, we're to ask believing, not doubting. Believe God is good. Believe God hears you. Believe that God wants to show you the way through this trial so that you come out better, more Christ-like. Now here's the beauty of preaching the word and I hope of you listening to the word. Because we've gone through the book of Hebrews, I now come to you 
with a deeper, richer understanding of what I'm talking about. Because Jesus became a human being. Because Jesus suffered and learned obedience. And because Jesus was tempted in every way yet without sin, he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Who knows how to get through any trial? Jesus does. Who knows how to face any temptation? Jesus does. Jesus is our sympathetic high priest. He knows us. He really, really understands our pain. Who should we rely on for wisdom to get through? Jesus. And we must believe. We must believe he knows the way. We must believe he'll show us the exit sign and give us the strength and endurance to get through it. And my final point is this. Trouble reveals your true heart. For the person who says, God, please help me, but I really have my own plan, he's not trusting in the Lord with his whole heart, is he? He's leaning on his own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. What should we be doing? We should be relying on the Lord for wisdom when we go through the trial so that we can become better, more Christ-like. And we do this by not leaning on our own understanding, but by acknowledging him every step of the way, and he will make straight our path. So there are two thoughts I have for you. One is a quote, and the quote is this. People are like tea bags. You don't know what's really in them until you put them in hot water. Until you get put in hot water, a trial, a time of testing in your life, a hardship, then you may not know what is truly inside of you. Troubles reveal your true heart. James 1, 7 and 8. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So if you're asking God for help, but you're really planning to do it yourself, if you are somewhat believing God is good and faithful, but not really, and believing the lies of the devil, this is revealing your heart. If you're hanging on to God for dear life like Job did, that says, uh, naked I came into the world, and naked I will leave the world. Uh, um, um, though he uh, slay me, yet will I love him. Those are statements of faith. Those are statements of hanging on to God for dear life. And that's the attitude that pleases him. Do you really trust the Lord? Are you really relying on him? Are you really looking to God for guidance through the troubles you're experiencing? You see, in the Christian life, there are trials, there are temptations, and successfully overcoming these adversities through faith in the Lord produces maturity and strong character. So don't resent troubles when they come. Pray for wisdom. God will supply all that you need to face the trials and troubles and temptations you face. He will give you patience and keep you strong in times of trial. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that this is a word we need. Certainly, aging is not easy. The older we get, the more problems we seem to have. Physically, 
mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially. There's no end to the challenges. It's almost like the most severe trials have been reserved for the latter years of life. We need you. We need wisdom. We need to continue to grow in Christ-likeness, in perseverance, in character, in hope. So Lord, thank you for this reminder. Thank you for this challenge. May we not resent trials and temptations, but may we come before you with an attitude of trust and faith and reliance in your guidance that you're going to bring something good out of it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.